Welcome to CLT. Time out, time out, time out. I need more energy, man. We ain't been on here for a second. Give the people some joy. Let's do it. Come on, Mike. Oh, that's right. You're right. My bad. <clears throat> Put my DJ Envy voice on. Good afternoon, everybody. Listening to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company, Chris. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both. Where, Chris? On the tweet. Actually, on Twitter. Hold up. You're not going to catch me with the tweet oh, machine. Oh, he almost did on it. He almost did the tweet machine. <laughs> on Twitter. Follow me on the tweet machine at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-Kidd-206. This is our free agency special, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris, don't worry. Before we press record, I let the Seahawks know. I tweeted <laughs> them directly. I said, hey, do not drop any important news uh, until we are done. Pretty you know, much. I said I will let them know when they can resume operations. I even thanked them, signed the letter, management, um, and then it reportedly signed Bruce Irvin. So you know that just shows <laughs> that they don't they don't really they don't really listen uh, to us very much. Yeah. So that's like the breaking news that just hit. But before we get into that, obviously free agency has uh, kicked off. Uh, it's kind of weird. The whole NFL world is kind of moving at like a regular pace right now, whereas the rest of the world is kind of shut down because of coronavirus-related stuff. It's like the worst up here in the state of Washington, specifically Seattle. feels like we're the epicenter of this damn thing. Uh, so a reminder to everybody listening, uh, stay inside, social distance. Don't worry, me and Chris are sitting a good distance away from each other. Uh, wash your damn hands. Uh, don't do nothing stupid like think that because you are young and with a healthy immune system that you can just go kick it and do whatever you want uh, because you won't die from it. That's selfish. Don't think like that. Uh, Basically, everybody in Miami, stop what you're doing right now. Bro, it's a lot of places that people are just still kicking it, going to clubs, hookah bars, parties, con- everything. It's just like, no, no, no. Stay home. Stay home, self-quarantine, uh, and stop buying up all the damn toilet paper. <laughs> don't make no That really don't make no sense. Uh, that that trade for DeAndre Hopkins probably would have made more sense if Bill <laughs> O'Brien would have just asked for toilet paper uh, in exchange. <laughs> Jesus, man, these toilet paper pictures are, are killing. But we are going to get into to free agency, and we're going to start this with a reminder here, Chris, because I think people forgot. The Seahawks don't really do free agency. I, I know that's disappointing. I know everyone sits there waiting by their phone, refreshing their Twitter or their IG or whatever, waiting for the big move. Are we going to get this guy? What about this guy? What about this guy? The Seahawks don't care about none of that. While every other team is out there spending money and spending big and getting their their name flashing across the television that they done signed this guy for five years and a gazillion dollars, the Seahawks are chilling. John Snyder's in his office with Matt Thomas, the salary cap guy. They're probably back there clipping coupons and Looking for toilet paper. Stop buying all the toilet paper. Uh, that's probably what they're doing right about now. They're not looking to spend on the first wave and get all these guys. Uh, they're chilling. That's what they do. They are cheap. They're your cheap friend. What's some examples of some famous cheap people? Remember, remember that show, The Game? The dad yes. was really cheap. What was yes. his name? Jason Pitts. Yes. He was cheap. Who else yes. is cheap? I'm trying to give more of an example that people would know. Terry Crews from Everybody Shit. Hates Chris. The dad from Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, my goodness. They're like a common Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. <laughs> so pick, take all. If you don't, you had to get one of those three references. The Seahawks are like them. They're all like that. They don't want to spend no money. They want to bargain shop, which is fine. That's fine. Just keep that in mind when you see a big name guy go somewhere and you're like, dang, what are the Seahawks doing? They're doing what they do every year. I can't even think of the last time they spent big on a free agent. Can you, Chris? It doesn't happen often. Uh, yeah, I really can't. They use a trade. They'll do a big trade. That's they traded for Jimmy Graham. Davian Clowney. Traded, traded for Clowney, traded for Percy Harvin, and gave him a six six year contract. Uh, to be honest, this, their way of making big trades actually benefited them. <laughs> When you think about uh, yeah. it for the most part. Well, except for the Percy thing. That was bad. They gave him a six-year deal. I don't think they've given a deal longer than four years since then. Well, they, they realized that was that was bad. Uh, so, yeah, they take care of their own uh, first. And before we get into who uh, the moves they have made and have not made, just a quick refresher on who you know was set to be an unrestricted free agent, an RFA. That's a restricted free agent and exclusive rights uh, free agent. This was, again, this is how they started the week. Uh, so, obviously, that clowny. Uh, Ziggy, Kendricks, Mike Ayupati, Al Woods, who I believe is eligible to uh, just sign with anyone, uh, Jermaine Effetti, Quentin Jefferson, Josh Gordon, don't know the status on him, Jerron Brown, Akeem King, Marshawn Lynch, Nico Thorpe, Dakota Watson, Geno Smith, Robert Turman, Luke Wilson, and CJ Proceis. All those guys um, were scheduled to become unrestricted free agents uh, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Now, these are the restricted free agents. These guys are a little different. 
you have to tender these guys, and it's an amount that's already predetermined based on the cap, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, those guys were Kalen Reed, Brandon Jackson, Joey Hunt, David Moore, and Jacob. Game-winning touchdown, Hollister. Uh, last group, exclusive rights, free agents. These guys are basically, no one really talks about this group. Basically what this means is they can't negotiate with anyone else, thus the term exclusive rights, and they basically get a minimum salary uh, based on the number of seasons they have accrued. So if you have like a... You know, two years, I think it's like 570000 I believe, with the new CBA that accounts for, what, they got 100000 more on the minimums in the new CBA. I think that goes into effect. So you get like 670000 before taxes. So those guys are Jordan Simmons, Emmanuel Ellaby, Jordan Roos, uh, Ryan Neal, Malik Turner, Brian Monet, Jeremy Boykins, and Tyrone Swoops. Now, obviously, all those dudes are not re-signing with the team. Of those exclusive guys, they've tendered... Ooh, let me get this right. LRB, Roos, Ryan Neal, Malik Turner, and Brian Monet. So that means the other guys, maybe I'm not sure on LRB actually, but that means that the other guys are just unrestricted, can sign with whoever. That wasn't the bad. That's simple. Yep. <laughs> Brandon Jackson, Joey Hunt, David Moore, and Jacob Hollister were all tendered. Uh, Kalen Reed was not. Uh, so that means that Brandon, Joey, and uh, David. Uh, they all are on a one-year salary worth about $2.1 million. And if another team uh, was to sign them to a different offer sheet, they would uh, the Seahawks would receive a draft pick in exchange based on wherever those guys were drafted originally. So with Joey Hunt, Seahawks would get a sixth-round pick. David Moore, seventh-round pick. I believe B-Jack was undrafted. So the Seahawks don't get anything, <laughs> actually. I think they just get first right of refusal. Finally, Jacob Hollister. Got a second round tender. I think that means he's on a three point mm, two three point two million dollar deal. So Seahawks, we get a second round pick if someone is dumb enough uh, <laughs> to cash out on uh, Jacob. I like Jacob. That would just be a bad move though for that team. Whew, Chris, that was a lot. No, like you a, went like through, an auctioneer, you but I wanted everybody all, to know. Man. Yeah, that's everything. Uh, so if you're caught up, that's good. Uh, I know you guys have been waiting. We're a few minutes in this, and you want to know where the hell is Jadavian Clowney going? It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> short answer is, we don't freaking know. <laughs> we're really hoping it doesn't break while we're on the on the mic right now. I guess it could. We know uh, how things work with us. Well, I, I, I will say this, um, and I tweeted this to the homie Ben Baldwin, uh, also the at The Athletic. I was under the impression maybe before the NFL Combine that um, Clowney would get paid regardless. He, he would break the market, that his uh, – excuse me, his sack numbers kind of wouldn't matter, that he was just, you know, he's a name. Yes. He's Jadavian Clowney. He was the number one high school prospect. He was the number one pick in the draft in 2014. He was, a, you know, he was a killer at South Carolina. Like, he's he's a name. People know him. He's been really good his entire career. So I figured it didn't matter that the low sack numbers. I, I figured we're beyond that with pressure numbers, pressure rates, QB hits, things like that, other ways to be disruptive, PFF grades, whatever, tracking data, uh, so I thought it really wouldn't matter. Uh, so I was very surprised by talking to people, you know, people within the league. I'm not going to na- name drop anyone, get my source thing going like Schefter. They were, I got the sense, Chris, that people were a bit more fixated on the optics of giving a player like Clowney $20 million plus per year. Because uh, I, especially I think, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Frank Clark set the floor last year with about, I think they both got about 21 per. Um, I think people were more fixated with the optics of that. Like, why would we give, or why would Seattle give a player, or anyone, why would anyone give a player $21 million per year when he had just three and a half sacks the previous year? Now, that sounds silly because he's clowny, he's good, but I it sounds like that was going to impact the market more than I anticipated, or I think that anyone anticipated. And what did Mike? Uh, what did they report on NFL Network? Actually, you guys uh, had him on KJR yeah, this morning. We had him on KJ. Well, not had him. We had Mike Garofolo on KJR this uh, around eleven o'clock this morning, and we were asking, "Hey, what's what is it? What is going to look like? Eighteen to nineteen, maximum could be twenty million, which is still a lot of money. For That's him. a yeah. It might not be Khalil Mack, as he mentioned, or Aaron Donald, but he's going to no, get no, paid no, regardless. No, no. That's what it comes down to. Is just which team. And he did mention that the Tennessee Titans could be a front runner, possibly. And we'll we'll know sooner than later where Jadavian Clowney will land. But maybe the Seahawks will offer him eighteen million, depending on how many years, and that might work for him because he does want to win. But the, what the Tennessee Titans have done, they're actually signing some. 
some decent players, and they're they're ma- they're trying to make a run. Uh, yes. And they weren't bad last season. We saw what they did to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, they made the AFC title game, right? They're, I yeah. mean, this team is looking to win a Super Bowl to go to a Super Bowl, and if they can get Clowney, that's a huge win for them. And the Seahawks at this point, you got to do something. I mean, time's ticking. You gotta you gotta figure out a way to try to bring him back. I know you mentioned, oh, he only had three and a half sacks, but those three and a half sacks were in a really big game that mattered. And if he didn't show up that game, I don't know how the Seahawks season would have ended. Oh, <laughs> that that Niners game. Oh my god. Yeah, goodness. that first Niners. That the first, first Niners game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He went off. He set the tone, and everyone was like, "That's why the Seahawks went after Jadavian Clowney for performances like that." Unfortunately, he couldn't stay healthy throughout the season, and that really affected him negatively. And we saw it. Sports hernia. He played through it. I mean, we saw flashes and glimpses, but the sack totals weren't there. And if the Seahawks can bring him back going into the 2020 campaign, I think we can see a 10-sack season or more from a Jadavian Clowney when healthy. See, I also um, thought I thought the Seahawks were kind of screwed. Like, I entered free agency thinking they're not going to be able to afford him because, A, they're too cheap, and what's going to happen is some of the other guys who are on his same tier of pass rush are all going to get tagged. Um, Shaquille, <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened. Shaquille Barrett in Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt Judon and um, ooh, Baltimore, excuse me. Uh, Bud Dupree in Pittsburgh and Yannick Ngakwe in Jacksonville. Figured they'd all get tagged, so that means you basically got Clowney, Fowler, and then a huge drop off to guys like JPP, Shaq Lawson, Vic Beasley, Robert Quinn, who also got the bag, by the way. Uh, so I basically thought that the Seahawks were going to get outbid for a lot of those other tier dudes, and then definitely get outbid for the guy like Clowney who was definitely going to get 20-plus, even if there weren't that many teams bidding for him. What's happened since then, though, is that the market has kind of dried up, which has kind of been pretty interesting. There aren't many teams who are in the running for a guy like him, I would think, because you still probably have to give up the 18 to 20 mil. And you look at teams who have already been spending, where are you going to get the money from? Like, look at the teams, because I thought, like, the Giants, they had a bunch of money. Well, they've spent it now. They paid, like, $15 million a year for um, James Bradbury. Bad idea. Uh, you know, te- teams like the Jets, you know, ha- had money. They also stink, but, you know, like they gave George Fant $30 million. Uh, there's some other teams out there who still have, you know, the Bills. The Bills are spending money like crazy. They had, you know, they had bread. They paid, you know, Quentin Jefferson. So I'm not sure how many teams left to have the bread and have the need. Uh, let's see, the Seahawks don't have that much bread left. As of right now, I'd say they'd roughly have about – Seventeen, eighteen million dollars can add some more though. Yeah, that's the other thing about cap space. You can always yeah. add more. You can add. <laughs> you can always create a cap space. Uh, let's see. You, I don't think they'll do this, but you, they could cut Justin Britt. That would save about eight and a half million. Cut Ed Dixon, Tedrick Thompson. You're that's right there. You just right there. that just created. Uh, bad at math. Thirteen million dollars right there. Hang on. So how much was Tedrick then? I think Tedrick's like two. And then Something. how much was Ed? About oh, three. Are you, oh, you're talking about in total. My bad. I thought you were talking about between those two. Yeah, that's yeah, and then yeah, that's five yeah. mil to and add the eight, eight and a half with yep. with Justin, and then boom, you just created. Dang. Say fourteen million, roughly fourteen. Uh, yeah, million. I just man, <laughs> math. I'm trying to do math on the on the fly. So, but like, there's very few teams who are like contenders who I think have that. I think the Bucks, the Bucks, I have that, but I haven't heard their name linked. That's why when 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 Mike on KJR with you guys mentioned the Titans, I was like, oh. Yeah, that kind of makes some sense. Yeah, they're a contender. They're willing yep. to give a lot more. They money. got further in the playoffs than Seattle did. Yes, and that's definitely a move that he could make. But we are still here waiting. We are talking about the Clowney at this certain time, and we're hoping that he does end up back with the Seahawks. But it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up elsewhere See, at I, this point. I, I thought, and I thought that wasn't necessarily wouldn't have been that bad for Seattle if they had if if he had ended up getting the bag. Elsewhere, because I thought there was a way to kind of use the money they had, which was not much, uh, by the way. After spending on G-Reg, they had about $38 million. Yep. And then you factor in these RFA tenders. Um, and then after Jay Reed, who got two years, 23, um, that was – I'm just trying to do all this math on the fly. <laughs> but it really wasn't a lot left when you consider you also have to leave some for, like, draft picks. And you got to do some maneuvering during the year as well. You just got to save a few million. Uh, for that, you know, now I I thought it would have been better to maybe use that money spread like take like thirty million dollars. I think I wrote this too. Take thirty million dollars, get yourself a budget. It's like this is what we're gonna spend on pass rushers, plural, right? And I thought there were six guys that um I thought would be like uh 
useful useful cats to like spread that money around with. So I thought these are the six: Vic Beasley, Mario Addison, Carl Nassib, uh, Robert Quinn, Shaq Lawson, and then and then Bruce. Like out of those six, I was like, all right, cool. Take is that six people? Well, yeah, yeah, that's six. Yeah, yeah. take three of those, pay them all, max it at thirty. That sounds about right. Like, look what these guys got. What did Vic get? One year, nine point five million. Uh, Mario Addison, three years, thirty and some change. Nassib, three years, twenty five. Quinn, okay, Quinn got the bag. This is five years, seventy, which is crazy because he's the oldest guy of That's... all these. <laughs> he he also had the best year of any of them last year too. I think eleven and a half sacks down in Dallas, but five years, seventy, and then Shaq Lawson, three years, thirty. So. And then uh, we don't know the numbers on Bruce yet, but I'm assuming it's going to be pretty low end on a on a one year deal. Or Michael Bennett could have been in there as, as well. Another but option. Yep. You take those six that I just said. Let's say you give Vic that that nine and a half. You give you know Nassib that that what's that eight and some change per year, and then like Shaq, boom, that's ten a year. How much is that? I'm not doing no more math on the show, Chris. I'm leaving it to you. <laughs> For real, bro. I mean, I, it's hard. There's a lot of numbers. You think I'll, this is the reason why I took communication? All right. I roughly think that's about $29 million. $30 million. There it is. Boom. There's your $30 million <laughs> budget. You got three dudes, W. Russell Passion, who are all a pretty good age, too. I think everyone is uh, that I named is at least 28 uh, and younger. So, boom. You do that. I thought, honestly, that would be something the Seahawks would do. So to see these guys sign elsewhere uh, for what I thought would be reasonable prices, I thought that was the most interesting part of free agency. I never expected them to like trade for Yannick Ngakwe, sign Clowney, and then have no money. Like, <laughs> that was, Probably not the best way to go about things. It's like, do you guys know the Seahawks? They were never going to do that. If they did do that, they w- it would include like unloading something big too. Like, they'd, that would include like giving up like Lockett or something like that to fix. Uh, the pass rush, you would need, I think you probably need about $40 million per year lot of money. to have Yannick and, and, and JD. That was what I would think, at least $35 million. My goodness, would that pass rush be scary? Right, but it would it would come at a cost. These teams aren't dumb. Well, the Texans are. That's huh. it. Yes. Edit. <laughs> no, the, no, the Texans are bad. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is he was over there running things. Into the ground. <laughs> I think he wants to get fired at this point. I don't. It's, how do you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a and Jadavion Clowney? Paper plate. And don't get a first round pick. Ask for him. either one. Maybe we can call up Coach Bill O'Brien, but hey, Coach, just out of curiosity, why didn't you get a first round pick back? Why didn't you offer that? I don't. I want to hear the reasoning. He did. I don't know. <laughs> yes, maybe we should ask because it's just it, the the deal looked bad. At first, the the D Hop deal. We're getting a little sidetracked here, but the D Hop deal looked bad, and then the Diggs deal made it look even worse. It was like, dude, that is how you trade a star, right there. They got so many picks from from uh the Vikings. No, uh, no, they, the Vikings got picks. Who gave up the picks? Buffalo. Buffalo. Buffalo me. gave up the picks. It was just like, yeah, because that's how you trade a star. Dummies. I don't know. Bill O'Brien's. Bill O'Brien's tripping. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Clowney. Chris, what's your gut feeling on it? Clowney stays or goes? My gut feeling is that. He's gone at this point. As you, I was talking to you last few days. I thought he was gonna stay. I'm thinking he'll stay. He'll stay. But I mean, they just got. We'll get into it. They re-signed Bruce Irvin. That's a great pickup. Mm-hmm. Running out of money. Unless I start seeing the Seahawks release. If the Seahawks were to release a player right now, I would feel more confident. They could release uh, another one. Another one I seem uh, I would deem unlikely, but possible is KJ would save about seven million. Okay. Um, so they could do something like that, but it seems like that's a that's also not the Seahawks way either to just do like a just massive just start cutting cuts players to, to for one dude. Yeah, that I don't. The Seahawks way see. tends to have me believe that the Seahawks will not have Jadavian Clowney back, but they will go out. Well, they already have with Bruce. Irvin, they got Bruce, and maybe during the draft they can try to find another guy and mm-hmm. hopefully or two guys or two guys, whatever it takes at this point. You look at the roster now. Rasheem Green still there. LJ, we're hoping that he can have a. He can't do. He can't get much worse. Uh no 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 can't <laughs> only can't. up from here. And he tweeted out something regarding to doubting him and how he can't wait. Yeah, okay, it, go, cool. it goes back to what we were talking to KJ about a few episodes ago. Oh, like guys, guys are fueled by that doubt. Yeah, it blows my mind. It really does. But they are. Yeah, and maybe he can come out and have a good, a great season with the Seahawks. But at this point. That Jadavian Clowney train is starting to choo-choo on by, I'm thinking. Before, um, I, I think I'm in the same boat uh, as you. Uh, before we get to Bruce, what did you, you think about the, them bringing back Jay Reed? 
I liked it. Two years, 23. I think, I think that's good. Uh, I think it worked out for the best. I mean, he was in an unfortunate situation that he put himself in last year. Oh, the suspension. Well, I don't, suspension. It, it didn't happen last year, but he was suspended last season. Yeah, it happened a while ago. Right? And he missed six games, and that really hurt him. It's going to be tough for him to get back into swinging things. I mean, you're not playing no football. Couldn't even practice, so you're missing six weeks, no practice, no nothing, and then you come back, and everything is kind of just thrusted at you. Mm-hmm. And they want you to be impactful pretty much right now. The Seahawks needed it because at that point, it was, we were still talking about the pass rush. Week six, hey, what's up with this pass rush? Hey, what are the Seahawks going to do? Hey, well, Z has to get healthy. Well, this and that. Mm-hmm. And now he ended up playing. He didn't have a productive season. And all indications pointed out that he's going to go somewhere else and get the bag. But maybe the market wasn't – they didn't see him as productive last season, and they realized that, and they didn't offer up as much money. And he realized that himself, and he was like, you know what, the Seahawks are at this point is my best bet. Let's see what I can do. And ultimately, they found a way to work out a deal, and he ended up staying. And I, I like it. Two-year, $23 million, that's not bad. What do you what, Which J. Reed do you think we're going to get in 20 20- – I think we're going to get 2018 J. Reed. 2018 J. Reed. Yeah, okay. I okay. think healthy, excited to play again. He has a full season ready to go. This is an opportunity to prove himself. And then he has a baller year, maybe eight and a half, plus 10, 10 sacks a season. Not bad. Well, that'd be crazy. It would be. It'd be but a great year. I think he can do it. It's just, let's just do it. Get it done. You got what you wanted money-wise for the most part. You seem pretty excited about it. And that's a good That's that's a good amount. 11 and a half a year, I think. For I mean, you gotta remember that's a non. You're talking about a non-Pro Bowl, yeah. Uh, defensive tackle who's yeah still pretty young, good run stopper. Uh, has outside of that 2018 season, just has I think just five sacks. Yeah. Um. So, could be an outlier year in 2018. The Seahawks are obviously hoping they get 2018. Yes. Jay Reed. Maybe they should give him jersey number 90 back. Maybe that was the key. Have <laughs> number 90, especially since we don't think they'll have JD back. No, I I I think it's 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 late now. It's. One, one note on JD uh, from uh, people I talked to. I know there was a report Wednesday about like his health. You know how he's recovering from surgery. Uh, talked to some people in the know there. It does it does sound like he's fine after the uh, sports hernia surgery? I mean, you said mentioned he played through it. Sounds like he's he's fine. He's working out. He's uh, working out down in in, in Texas. Uh, doesn't sound like that'll be an issue. Although with this with the uh, coronavirus stuff going around, teams can't bring a guy in for like a physical or anything. That might benefit the Seahawks just a little bit because they already know his body. Yeah, they know exactly what's going on with him, mm-hmm. and they might be able to just get a steal. That well, what you, what teams can do is they can have like a local facility, you know, do the exam. Like if you're in a hospital, if you're in like San Antonio, you go nearest local facility. Yep. They do the exam, and then the team's like, all right, cool, he's straight, and, and bring <laughs> it in. They could. I don't think most teams would would do that on a big money player. Yes. Maybe on a Lower tier player who had just some cleanup work done. Maybe not someone who had surgery on his groin. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how many teams would be willing to do that. But that's a note on uh, on JD's health. What do you think about them uh, letting Quentin Jefferson go? And um, before I before I say this, or uh, before you answer, I, I should note that Quentin uh, he told Josina Anderson of ESPN that Buffalo expressed you know the most interest in him and someone close to the negotiations on the. Uh, in the Quentin and Seahawks negotiations told me that Seattle didn't really make an effort. Mm. Um, they didn't. I think they had an offer, but it, you know, just one. Of, you know, you can tell where it, it's not really there. Yeah. You know, and and Q ends up getting a, a two-year deal with Buffalo. What did you What did you think about that? Did you think that they should have brought back Q? It would have been a nice addition to have him back, but production-wise, I don't think the Seahawks felt that he was offering what they wanted. Their standard. I mean, the past two seasons, he only had six and a half sacks. I know he's he's a young guy, but I think the Seahawks wanted more from him, and he just never gave, he just didn't give it to them. And they were like, "We're not going to pay you this much." I mean, this is what we're going to give you. Yeah, I don't know how much Buffalo paid him. I know, I just know it's a two year deal. I've and saw some numbers floated out, but nothing I can confirm. No, yeah, and I think the Seahawks were like, "Look, this is what we see you at. Here's X. Either you're with it or you're not." And he was like, "Cool, I'll just go here," because they're, as you mentioned. Seahawks didn't even try to yeah. negotiate. It was kind of just that like, was hey, weird. The word take- the word that someone familiar with the negotiation told me they used the word shocked. They were shocked mm-hmm. that Seahawks didn't make much of an an effort uh, to bring them back, which is an interesting nugget there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess the back you look at the backup situation for who's, who's behind Quentin Jefferson. It's like, oh well, why wouldn't you bring him back? But the Seahawks just didn't feel they didn't see a fit. It appears, 
And it'll be interesting to see how he does with Buffalo and what the Seahawks can do going forward without Q. Jeff. What were your thoughts on it? Um, You know, it all depends. I need to see the price point that they got him. I thought he could have been brought back just because uh, it really depends on your faith in L.J. Collier, to be honest. And I'm sure the team's faith, uh, that they may be mixed within the building, but I know, like, they have to publicly put on a good face. And it's like, yo, we are, it's our first-round pick. We're very confident uh, in him because they're, they're essentially supposed to be the same player, although Quentin can start at defensive tackle. I'm not sure if LJ is at that point. But that if you're, if you're confident in LJ and you think LJ is going to have this great year and you're, and you're willing to gamble on it, then fine. You know what? Dude, I would have liked personally to see Q back. I'm selfish. I like Q. Really dope, dope cat, uh, and he was a big sneakerhead. Yeah, I was about to say like sneakers me. on. Yeah, man, I get to talk talk sneakers with him, man. They just letting all the sneakerheads go, man. Let Frank go, let Q go. It's like, damn, I don't even know what nobody else to tell me on the team that they're sneakerhead. <laughs> they're gonna be gone. Uh, so I, it it really depends on the price. I just was, uh, I I agreed with the the person who, who was familiar with the negotiations when they said, you know, the Seahawks didn't make an effort. I was shocked by that. I thought that's someone they would have made an effort on because they like to take care of their own. Yeah, I guess they felt otherwise for whatever reason for whatever reason they felt we're not going to go further with this this is it take it or leave it and he left it well the, the one move they did make was uh on the password side at least on the edge is bruce brought bruce back uh i thought this was a no-brainer bruce has been really productive he's one of those guys that the seahawks let go and had nothing to do with their uh production you know it's just about cost at the time michael bennett was the same way well Michael Bennett was a little different, but it didn't have nothing to do with Michael Bennett not producing anymore. Same thing with uh, Sherm was similar too. Um, there's been a few guys like that where it's like, we don't think you suck. We just can't afford you right Earl now. Earl Thomas. Uh, yes. Yes. All of these guys, it's nothing to do with their production. Just All these guys the Seahawks knew pay you. <laughs> could go on and be good, and we just don't want to pay you. Bruce, if you're going to come back for the bargain, come on down. Yeah. And he knows an opportunity for him to possibly win another Super Bowl. And and it reunites him with Ken Norton Jr. And yeah, that's one that's of those things. Thing. I'm not big on uh, – I saw Nate Tice uh, tweet this. I'm not big on the thing that's like, ah, he reunites with so-and-so. Usually when it's quarterbacks, usually it's just like, man, if he stinks, he stinks. If he's good, he's good. Whether he's his best friends and goes to bar mitzvahs with the OC or the QB coach, I don't really think that matters at all. Uh, at least not in the way that people try to sell me on moves. You know, it's like, man, if he can throw, he can throw. I don't <laughs> care if you guys are best friends or strangers, dude. It really doesn't matter. Anyway, I do buy that, though, when you're talking about maximizing the most out of a player on, like, a short-term deal. Something like if Bruce, if 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 Kenny can get the best out of Bruce for that year or two, whatever the deal is, then I think there is definitely value in that, especially when you get guys maybe on the, on the uh, towards the end of their career where – they just need to be put in the best position to maximize the thing that they are really good at. Maybe they're not good at a bunch of things. Maybe like they were younger in their career. But right now, they're good at this one thing, and you need to put them in the best position to do that. That is where I think this has some value. And also, Bruce is just a nasty cat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, like in a good way. Like, just you need that swag. Player. Remember when he just uh, tossed Jimmy Graham's uh, <laughs> helmet along? to uh, 26, was that 15? That was when they went down to New Orleans. Uh, where was that? I think it was down in New Orleans. No, was that? No, I think it was. Uh, let me well, let me let me do some googles uh, on that while we're going. But yeah, he, he just got that 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 swag about him, man. That bravado. I like that. I like we were just like you know, like Frank has that too. Frank oh. has that same dog in him, where it's like he, he literally talked about what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, the to, Super Bowl. to Derrick Henry, and then they did it. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the Derrick Henry one before the AFC title game. He's yeah, just, he's exactly. Like, yeah, it's like yo, we are going. To knock him down. Yeah, I ain't scared of no man. Talked about it and then did it. And then after the game was like, duh, like y'all asking me if I'm scared. I ain't worried about this. So, and that's something the Seahawks probably need. Uh, oh, probably. Hell yeah, they need that. Are you kidding me? No, they de- they definitely do. Definitely need that. So I did like that move, but they still got to do more. I honestly don't know what else is who else is out there. Everson Griffin, how you feel about that? Like Everson Griffin, Vikings, right? Uh, not anymore. He ain't got no job. <laughs> Thank yeah, you, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. That wouldn't be bad. I mean, that he can get out for the quarterback. He can definitely. He's definitely someone the Seahawks should look at. How old is he again? That was my next question. I don't know. Don't matter. It doesn't matter at this point, Chris. They need bodies. They signed thirty-seven-year-old Dwight Freeney one year. Like, who cares? Yeah, he had a great run with the Seahawks at that time, and then they cut him. <laughs> All right, I, who else is out there? 
Marcus Golden. Mm. Michael Bennett. We've already talked about Bennett. What's the man? What's the man's name in uh uh Korea? He was with the Titans. Oh yeah, you looked him up. Yeah, that good luck with that name. That's no. a tough one. Oh no, you know I'm bad with names. There yeah. are guys out there, but it's just production wise. Are they gonna be able to help the Seahawks pass rush? Because that's the biggest concern right now is pass rush. And when you don't have a pass rush, your DBs and safety suffer. When you have a pass rush, you can get away with a lot of things out there. You can make mistakes, but when you don't have a pass rush, those mistakes are out on front street and teams attack those. Yeah. As we saw against the Packers. Oh, you got a young guy, a rookie, over on our best receiver, and you're not calling a timeout? Let's go ahead and run this play here. Wheel route, first down. If you had a great pass rush, maybe they don't even get that play off. But, I mean, it was a little quick one-two and first down. But, I mean, these are things that hopefully Schneider and Peter are thinking about. How can we improve the pass rush to a point where teams can't exploit our weaknesses as much? Because we know we have a pass rush that can get to the quarterback and it's not going to really affect us in the in the secondary. We have solid linebackers with KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner. Though I mean KJ's getting old, but we saw what he did last season. He was stellar. Yeah, I thought KJ was good. These are things that I think they should be thinking about. And if you bring in some of these names that we mentioned, are they going to be able to really help the pass rush? Oh yeah, absolutely. The hope is that they can, but when it comes down to the X's and O's, can they do so? And I don't know if those guys you mentioned can, and that's why I'm hoping they can somehow, some way, get Clowney back, but it is not looking good. I mean, you mentioned the guys that got away. Vic Beasley. That was someone who I really thought that should have went out and got. He's a young guy yet. He he didn't have the best season, but to Shill. He had three times as many sacks as any Seahawk last year? Or oh. twice. Twice. Twice as many. To Shill's point, he picked it up at the end of the year, which is, that's great to hear. Come do that with the Seahawks going into the 2020 campaign. You mentioned Mario Addison. Another guy that Seahawks should have went and tried to just negotiate with. Hey, and they they could have got after these guys for what it's worth. We just don't know. Uh, I think there have been some reports. Hey, reports are chatter is happening with Mario Addison. But to your point, yes, they definitely could have. Carl Nassib, another guy who's bounced around the league. But, I mean, quality young guy. He's talented. Productive. All these guys were more productive than anyone was in Seattle last year. I mean, if Vic Beasley would have led the, led the team in sacks, Addison would have led the team in sacks at nine and a half. All these cats, man. The Seahawks had nothing pass rush-wise last year. It was just really awful. Like, their pass rush was so bad, they couldn't even get Jameis to throw an interception. Well, the, the cool thing about what Bruce Irvin's going to bring is that in the past five seasons since leaving Seattle, he has 30 sacks. Oof. <laughs> in 2016, he had seven sacks. And if you look at the Seahawks in 2016, the sack leader was Cliff Averill with 11 and a half. Frank Clark had 10. Well, guess what would have been right behind him? Bruce Irvin. Oh, yeah, no. The, the Seahawks passers didn't get bad until last year. Even oh, yeah. in 2018 with Frank and, and Jay Reed, it was it was really good. I mean, no, it was just last year where it was just like, all right, please help, SOS. 2017, yeah. Frank Clark had nine sacks. That's not bad. 2017 for Bruce Irvin, that's eight sacks. He'd been right behind Michael Bennett, who had eight and a half. And then you look at 2018 season. Okay, that was bad. Bad year. He was at the Falcons for half the year, three and a half sacks, and then the Raiders were like, yo. Well, we'll that's when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack and well, just had no they, pass rush. They, yeah, we'll take anything. <laughs> they, well, they were just like the Seahawks were in 2019. They were just like, oh, let's just trade our best pass rusher and figure it out. And then we're just like, oh, you never figured never it figured out. Never figured it out. So he only had six and a half sacks in 2018. Not productive at all for his standards. And then you look at last season, 2019 season, he went off. He got back to what he's known for, which is getting after the quarterback. Eight and a half sacks, which would have led the Seahawks by a mile. Yeah, all these guys would have. Everyone the next, was bad last the year. The next up was Rasheem Green with four. Wow, Rasheem ended up leading him? Yes, four sacks. about that. With four. Yes. But what, he, what he's going to bring, I think, is what the Seahawks need at this point, especially if Clowney is long gone. They and, need something. And they, even they, if Clowney was back. That would have been nice to have. Eight and a half, and then Clowney's 100% healthy. I mean, this that would be fun, but it's not. I keep saying it's not looking good, and boy, is it not looking good. For what it's worth, uh, of those other unrestricted free agents, I really don't think there's a strong possibility that anyone comes back. Uh, I think that they would be open to a Josh Gordon uh, reunion, but I don't think that... Um, I know the weed rules have changed uh, since he's been suspended. A... We don't know if he was his last suspension was for weed. Uh, that actually never really came out. We're just assuming there. Probably a safe assumption, but we just don't know. B, he's such a repeat offender that it's not even about, you know, like whether you get grandfathered in 
or you know the, the rules change so you you get like pardoned i guess dude you you've been suspended so many times i mean they would again they'd welcome him back i think it'd be tight but i just don't think that the change in the cba rules automatically just like veto any discipline that he's already uh been handed anybody else? al woods I think is an option as Better well to presence. bring back. Yeah, if they, if they don't address the defensive tackle spot in the in the draft, everyone else I think is just with, oh Luke Wilson they brought Luke Wilson back. Techno Tuesdays or Thursdays, excuse me. No, 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 no. We're getting rid of the techno. Oh, sorry. I'm going to dedicate one type of day each week at practice to a subgenre of rap. We're not gonna do this other nonsense no 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 <laughs> hell no we're gonna have a wednesday thursday friday and dedicate each day to a type of a subgenre of rap it won't be no techno well luke wilson might block you now i don't care <laughs> i don't point. care luke bring it on he, well, keeps, he keeps breaking the news of his returns also at night too and it's just makes everybody mad yeah man i'm trying to sleep man i'm, I'm relaxing and here you are at 11 o'clock talking about oh yeah i'm back yeah yeah i'm back yeah well no. the seahawks also brought some Someone in for the O line. They're one external <laughs> or one outside free agent move. We got one, and of course, Chris, it is some obscure name that none of us had heard of. They signed uh, offensive lineman B.J. Finney, uh, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's played. He's basically been like a swing man at guard. Yep. So picture like George Fant. But for for guards, like he's been right tackle, or excuse me, he's been right guard, he's been left guard, he's been center. He started, I think, at all three of those spots, at the very least left guard and, and, and center. Uh, so, yeah, do you know anything about him? No, how about we um, we call someone up and have them explain who he is? That's what we should do. So because me and Chris have no idea who B.J. Finney is, uh, he did sign a two-year deal worth up to $9.5 million with $4.5 million uh, guaranteed. So there is that. That's all we know. So to bring in an expert, we turn to the homie out in Pittsburgh who covered Mar- uh, excuse me, who covered BJ for his entire career. We have Mark Kabali of The Athletic. All right, Mark, the money question everyone wants to know is, who the hell is BJ Finney? You tell me you don't know, Mike? Come on. <laughs> I thought you guys liked football out in Seattle. I thought you'd have a, a a big pamphlet on what he is. Well, I'll just break it down for you real quickly. Uh, undrafted guy out of Kansas State. One of the big things, when he, he was one of those uh, uh, guys that was a priority undrafted guy. I think he might have got a couple more extra bucks. But he was a huge Steeler fan growing up. He always took a lot of, uh, if you look it up on YouTube or on the internet somewhere, you'll see that um, when he found out he was going to get he was going to get signed by the Steelers, he cried because he was so happy because that was his hometown team, a hometown team, but his favorite team growing up. He since has denied that, but uh, <laughs> the evidence is definitely out there. But uh, you know, he was a guy that came in and right away he provided you know versatility. He could play both guard positions, close center, plus center position. So instantly he was that swing inside guy that can fill in on game days in case of an injury. And he did that this first four years last year, but he never really got much of an opportunity to start. He's only started probably a handful of games. He's a restricted free agent last year. They gave him the $3 million bucks to stay around. Everybody in Pittsburgh thought he was going to be the heir apparent to Ramon Foster, who just retired a couple of days ago at that left guard position. They thought that was going to happen, you know, as quick as last year. Never really materialized. Still, he, he, he's had some starting experience after that, just, you know, brief torrent of his career. Started like 13 games. They were quite successful when he was in there. And uh, she was wanted him back. But uh, for some reason, they didn't want him back at the money that Seattle offered him. So uh, he's off to the great Northwest there. So he's he's not going to wow you. I mean, you'll see his body type. You'll be like, oh, this guy's a professional football player. <laughs> but, he, you know, he's a technician. He's a guy that knows how to use his hands. And he'll be serviceable. He's not going to be a Pro Bowl guard or center anytime soon. But he provides versatility. 
and uh, you know he's pretty good with technique type type of things. I'm not quite sure what the status is of the Seattle offensive line if they want him for a starter or not. But the worst case scenario you get is a pretty dependable uh, guy that can fill in multiple positions. Well, the Seahawks offensive line hasn't been good since ever. They haven't been good for one year, like in total, since Russell's been the, the QB. So they just need guys who can stay healthy and block. Uh, yep. Speaking of blocking, would you say one one area is his strength, whether it's it's pass pro or, or run blocking? He's a little undersized uh, to be a, a dominant run blocking guy. I mean, that's probably why his best position is center. Um, that's where he had his most success at. Typically, you can get some help if you're having. There's not a ton of huge nose tackles any, around anyway. So I mean, there, there was an instant last year that uh, I think Foster was hurt. Foster's a monster left guard. I mean, we're talking six six, three forty, three fifty, and they were playing the Colts. So Finney had to go in and play left guard. He did all right. Nothing, nothing terrible. The next week, all of a sudden. They totally switched their entire offensive line around. They moved their right tackle to left guard. Finney went to the bench. They brought Bragg off the bench, put him back at tackle. And you think, what are they doing this for? Because he was going to go against Aaron Donald the next week. Mm. And the Steelers coaching staff felt that he was a little undersized, could be overwhelmed at times. So they made that move just for that game. So I just have to worry about a little bit for him, a little bit undersized. And I'll give you the nugget. Mike, that nobody else knows about B.J. Finney that you can only get on your podcast. Here we go. I like this. You ready for this one? Yep. Let's do it. (laughs) The guy has a sweating problem. He sweats so bad during practices that when he took center snaps, Roethlisberger made him put shorts on so his hands would not get filled with butt sweat. So that's the only place you can get stuff like that from (laughs) right there. That is that you heard it here first, I guess. Yes, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll wow. take it. Earlier, you mentioned him being undrafted. How would you say that he has progressed from a being from being an undrafted rookie to where he is today now with the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's progressed nicely. He's going better. I mean, they, they didn't hesitate once of throwing him in there as a starter when they needed him. They have needed him. From time to time, like I mentioned, I mean, just this past year, he played a couple games at left guard, but he had to fill in from Pouncey when Pouncey was suspended two games as well. He has, you know, dropped some weight. Like I said, he, he sort of like, looks like me, like, you know, reverse pair type of body <laughs> shape. But like, a lot, I mean, there's a lot of offensive linemen like that, as long as they're, you know, very technically sound. And I think that's where he really gained you know, a lot of his experience from being a, a decent player is being technically sound, working under Mike Munchak, and he worked under Mike Munchak. He's in Denver now, the offensive line coach, for uh, four years, and I think that's helped him greatly. But you talked about if you're looking for Seattle, a guy that's, you know, healthy. I mean, he's dressed, I believe, every game that he's uh, been in the NFL. I mean, he really hasn't had injury. Now, he hasn't played a ton, He's played enough where if there was an injury, uh, we could have creeped up easily. So he's just a solid football player. Like I said, he's not going to wow you. You're not going to say – you're probably not going to remember him until you see him in a game action or, you know, maybe a preseason game that you guys actually signed him. But you're going to say, you know what, that feeling's not that bad. All right. Well, we got a good little scouting report there. He uh, he sweats a lot. Uh, Just from the butt. (laughs) <laughs> just oh oh man fun <laughs> fact of the day oh well thank well hey, hey, you, you could tell you could tell when he was going to take center snaps because he had put shorts on like, what's going on well oh, one oh, russell okay, some center snaps. <laughs> oh i can't i can't wait to relay that info to russell wilson i can't can cannot wait well thank 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 you mark uh you guys listening that's mark Kabali uh covers the steelers for the for the athletic it's a great job uh thank you thank you so much man all right we'll see you guys See, Chris, I knew this was going to happen, which is why I tweeted the Seahawks beforehand, before I even got here, and said, just hold on, hold off a minute. But they don't listen. They don't listen. Guys, while we were talking to Mark, some more Seahawks news then broke. The Seahawks have agreed to terms uh, with offensive tackle Brandon Shell, formerly uh, of the New York Jets, uh, played four years there, uh, mostly a right tackle, uh, 
Again, another guy the Seahawks signed that we don't know anything about. So, what do we do? We hop on the phone with an expert. Chris? Here's the homie Connor Hughes. He covers the Jets uh, for The Athletic. Connor, thank you so much uh, for making time to hop on the show with us. Uh, people are going to ask me for the next few days, who the hell is Brandon Shell? I'm going to tell him I don't know. So instead of just being that honest with people, figured we, we'd call you up, man. So uh, what are the Seahawks getting in Brandon? Yeah, so uh, they're getting kind of a, uh, a, a good locker room guy, a pretty good, I think, depth offensive lineman. He's somebody who... Uh, the Jets drafted a couple of years ago in the middle rounds and, and was at one point someone that they believed was going to be their long-term answer at, at right tackle. Uh, he's, he's not a bad player. I, I don't think by any stretches, don't think he's necessarily a um, dominant starter. Uh, I think he's probably a, a low-end starter or a very good backup is probably what he is. He's somebody who uh, fundamentally sound, isn't going to make too many mental mistakes, but he's a little bit limit, limited physically. Uh, he doesn't move all that well, and, and I know that's kind of why the Jets put him out there at right tackle, hoping they were able to mask some of those things. But in Adam Gase's offense, he kind of likes his, his linemen, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, to all be able to move pretty well. Uh, he's somebody who likes those guys getting out in front of the players on stretch plays, on, on uh, uh, screen passes, things like that. He likes his guys moving, which is one of the reasons why midway through last year or the early portions of last year, they decided to bench Brandon Shell for the rookie guy they drafted in the third round, Chuma Daga, uh, because they believe that Chuma gave him a little bit more athletically. So uh, you're getting a guy who's not going to make too many mental mistakes, uh, but a guy who probably is limited a little bit physically in what he's able to do out there. You know, uh, what, how many different positions has he uh, been able to play? Uh, if I, I think he played a little bit of left tackle, if I'm not mistaken, but it didn't really work out too well. So he's pretty much been a right tackle throughout his career for the Jets. I believe in college, though, he played on the left side. So in college, I think he played left tackle. And then with the Jets, uh, rookie year, second year was a right tackle. And then uh, I think he might have had to swing over to left for a little bit just because of the number of injuries the Jets had this year. But he was pretty much just a right tackle. What would you say is Brandon's strength? Is it pass pro or is it run blocking? Uh, probably a little bit better in the in the run game, I would think, just because he's kind of a big guy, solid guy, fundamentally sound. But um, like I said, he's kind of a, a overall okay player. Uh, certainly a good locker room guy. I mean, you guys are gonna love him. Cause he's great. He's great to talk to. But uh, physically, like I said, he's just limited in what he's able to do. Well, hey, I like that. I'm not out there playing. I'm in the locker room, so I like the guys who are good to good to talk to. That's uh, that's good to know. Uh, definitely reach out for the podcast. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> definitely got to do that. Uh, you guys, thank you again, Connor. You guys listening to Connor Hughes does a great job. Great, great, great job covering the Jets. Uh, hopefully the QB thing works out there uh, <laughs> uh, in, in in New York. Best of luck to you. Thank you again, uh, man, for for hopping on with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Summer's come and go. Now it's winter slow. Chris, I'm about to get mad at the Seahawks. They really just don't care about our show. They just don't. They've stolen our ideas before, for sure. But Absolutely. they just don't care. I swear they don't care. They're being so inconsiderate right now. Guys, while we were talking to Connor about Brandon Shell, what do you know? The Seahawks have reportedly agreed to another deal. Uh, this one, according to Jordan Schultz, they've signed uh, offensive tackle Cedric Abui to a one-year deal, formerly a, a first-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, in 2015? Yeah. No, no, no. Not that recently, right? Twenty. It was 2015. It's a one-year deal worth up to $3.3 million according to Schultz. So, so far, that's three tackles. Excuse me, three offensive linemen. They're all just running together right now. This is all happening right away. So we've got BJ Finney, we've got Cedric Abui, and we got Brandon Shell. So, yeah, you're right. 2015. Okay. That's first right. round, twenty first pick. Because did a Fetty replace him? Is it Texas A and M? Yeah, he yeah. is. Wow. Maybe he did. I I, I kind of vaguely uh, remember that. I uh, got to get that squared away. But so we kind of got a good feel for a little bit of insight. I like the Finney move the most. Uh, I think he actually is a legit starter. It doesn't sound like. I mean, listening to Connor. Uh, thank you, Connor, so much for the insight. It sounds like they basically have brought in Shell, who's like a Fetty 2.0? Beats me, man. I could have just kept a Fetty. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't have been that cheap 
It wouldn't have been cheap, but I think it would have been better for the offense. Because what's that for deal? Two years, 11 mil, so that's five and a half a year. Yes. Fetty wasn't coming back for that. They probably did probably – they tried to get Fetty back for that, I would guess. And he was like, here's my middle finger. And just in case you didn't see it, here's my other one. And then walked out of the door. Uh, the deal f- with Cedric is, is – pretty cheap as it should be uh Cincinnati he's pretty much considered a big bust in in Cincinnati so we're looking at one guy in shell who got benched last year at least according to Connor uh we're looking at a former first round bust uh in Cedric and we're looking at a swing guard uh from Pittsburgh what Round do you applause here. what do you think about that Chris <laughs> Doesn't look good at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I was think, waiting I on you to spin it positively, but I, I hear you. I think the Seahawks should have just went out and just paid Fetty. And if you're going to lose Clowney, you're going to lose Clowney. But at least you have an improving right tackle in Jermaine Fetty who each year has gotten better. And that's something that you can look forward to. I personally was hoping that the Seahawks could bring him back. Based on these latest moves that we've had back to back to back, you can just write off Clowney and you can write off a Fetty. I don't. We're gonna scare people. If we say the clowny thing, but I mean, I don't know point. where the money comes from. <laughs> they're gonna have to make again. They're gonna have to make some really big moves to keep clowny at this point. I mean, I'm talking like shipping off st- multiple expensive people. Speaking of uh, getting rid of people who are expensive, well, we were also talking <laughs> uh, to Connor or Mark. I can't even remember. We were just talking. How about that? Yeah. Uh, more news that I can confirm as well. Uh, Tedrick Thompson has been given permission to seek a trade. Uh, if they cut Tedrick, like I said earlier, that would have been about $2 bucks. Yep. Tedrick was a starting free safety after Earl Thomas in 2018 and in 2019. Uh, once they traded for Quandre Diggs, Tedrick just magically needed shoulder surgery and just went on IR and we never heard from him again. And, and now it looks like they're trying to get rid of him and at least get something in return. I would imagine it would be a sixth or seventh round pick. Nothing higher than that. Uh he is somewhat – I'm not totally surprised by that, to be honest, because shout-out to Shil Kapadia. He did a, a piece for The Athletic where he had every writer contribute at least one player who they thought would be a candidate to be traded. And I was like, dang, Shil, I don't really think there's anybody that they would – they wouldn't be sellers really right now. And then I was like, you know what, I'll give you a name. Here, Tedrick. Give you a name if a, if a team needs like a guy, a safety who's young, cheap, with starting experience. What do you know? Tedrick. Some team might do it. It's uh, Ultimately, I think what's going to happen is someone's probably not going to bite, and they're going to end up cutting them. probably just cutting them, which is, you know, Tedrick can go find another team, too. That gives yeah. them more options, to be honest. Yeah. Seeking a trade is actually pretty similar. Teams just give up a seventh-round pick. I don't think the Seahawks have a seventh-rounder, so that would actually make sense. I should note that uh, in my story. Uh, whew, that was a lot of news. Yeah, for the last hour, it's just been phones, yeah. emails. Text, breaking stories. news. Yep, 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 yep. I do think though that this is a very Seahawky off season by these guys to just go kind of hit the bargain bin. Yep. Here now, any of these guys could be fine. You know, it sounds like the the, the Steelers probably thought that uh, Finney was gonna work out and and replace Ramon Foster. Um, the Jets sounds like they gave up on Shell, and it clearly the Bengals gave up on um, Cedric Abui. That's really? right. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was playing for Jacksonville last year, so they definitely gave up on him. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, it's not not very good. Uh, he's considered a, a bust in, in Cincinnati. Uh, he was coming off an injury when they drafted him, and it just it just kind of didn't – not even kind of. It just didn't didn't go well from there. That's probably why the Bengals have been kind of struggling since they've been bad, what, every year after? Seems like forever, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> no, they were good in 2015. They beat the Seahawks that year, actually. But I don't think he was he was playing at the time. I think he was so much, so much, somewhat of a like a succession plan uh, at the time, and it, they didn't have success with it. So we got three low cost uh, tackles, or excuse me, three three low cost O linemen and Bruce, and brought Jay Reed back. Oof, that's a boring free agency there. I can oh. see what you know. What I understand. I know. I opened the show with telling people. A, to wash their damn hands, and B, uh, to kind of be aware of the Seahawks' policies. But I can see why people get frustrated. Like, looking at these moves that I've had to track down in the last, like, couple hours, I can see why it's like, this is, seems like a lot of effort for these to be the moves. Like, they yeah. had enough money to do more than this, I thought. Like, I, I thought they were going to do a little bit, bit more, especially on the pass rush side. There were guys out there. There are more guys out there, I think, that were better bargains than what they're probably going to find ultimately in the draft. A little disappointing, but hope. I mean, we'll see what happens. Got a long off season. Hopefully, we can get things going with football sooner than later, depending on how this 
virus is doing. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna have. We're, we might have football on time, but the NBA and stuff and baseball. Oh, that's over. Oh well, yeah, we'll see what it, we'll see what happens. I don't want to be too strict, but based off what we've heard and from our two athletic writers about these guys, <laughs> sure they they can be a presence. I I guess. No, I, like I said, the move I like the most out of all the old line ones is 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 Finney. Yeah, uh, I really like, I loved Bruce thing. Love having Bruce. That was in your story. Uh, yeah. Shout no, out love. to Mike Dugar's story. Yeah, I I knew the Bruce thing was gonna was probably gonna happen. Uh, who knows? Maybe the shell thing works out. I mean, I did a mock draft. I really don't think nothing changes from my mock. I think they still go tackle early. I think they still address corner. I think they still addressed uh you know the D line. So I mean, this isn't bad. It's it's bargain shopping. I know the Seahawks do that. I kind of joked about them being Mr. Krabs and dude from the, the show, <laughs> the game, and and uh, Terry Crews' character from Everybody Hates Chris, and they really lived up to it. Yeah, like they're like, oh, okay, watch this. Um, yeah, it's quite the quite the low cost haul there. Uh, but yeah, this probably means the end of Jermaine Effetti here, which is I like Jermaine, I'm a cool cat. As I said, the improvement was was definitely worth it in my opinion. Who else is who's going to be the new most hated guy though? Because they probably won't have CJ Prosize back. Um, it might be Brandon Shell for all we know. Oh, that would suck to come in a bit. No, 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 no. It, I think part of it was because Jermaine had uh, a so many penalties. Shell's not nearly as penalized as much, but he you also got up, benched. You get you give up sacks. They're not gonna be. Oh, hey, you're. No, it's not gonna be pretty. I think it was his draft status too that contributed to it. I'm just saying, it could be Brandon. It could. It could. Because guess who's gonna replace him? Replace the Fetty if he doesn't return. Probably Brandon. Uh, yeah, or 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 a rookie. You bring it, bring in a rookie. There's, there's a few guys out here. I like the guy from USC. Uh, also, I think he was a left tackle at USC, uh, Austin Jackson. Got it. Okay. Uh, I like the kid from Georgia. I think I mentioned him, Isaiah Wilson. I think is his name. You got any other free agency predictions? I'm done. I, you know, at this point, I have nothing else. I mean, we had literally three things happen during the pod. What would you give uh, before we get out of here? We're we're we're, we're uh, been on here for a minute, but a lot of stuff has happened. Um, again, I think this is a Seahawky. It's a disappointing free agent haul to start the first kind of three days, quote unquote. But it's very Seahawky. It's not like totally surprising just because we know how they kick it. And who knows? It could be something blockbuster uh, still in the works. But it would have to include a trade or some or cutting someone that's gonna make everyone upset. But to wrap it up, what would you give a grade of like the first three days? C minus. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. They they'll, barely pass him. They'll pass you, though. You know, yeah. What grade are you giving them? Uh, so much for Russell Wilson getting stars. I will <laughs> I will, I will, will say that. Uh, you know, right now, are we assuming, we're assuming a Fetty gone, assuming no Clowney. Yeah. So I would... Uh, Mike's in the D range, calling it now. Yeah, I would probably have to give it a D. Just because they seem to be doing the, some of the same other stuff, just like... Scraping the barrel, like, oh, let's see what we can, you know, find. And diamonds in the rough. I mean, I would have, and I, I really think the pass rush should have been addressed a lot, a lot more aggressively. That's, and that's the main why thing. I gave him a C minus because I think getting Bruce Irvin was huge. I really do. Uh, yeah, no, that's 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 big. Um, but that can't be your best move, <laughs> Mike. So <laughs> I would I would give it a D. It it might be their best move, which is why I gave them a C minus. You never know. You never know. We'll see what happens. We we got. Plenty of time. We'll we'll see how things unfold over the next few days. I think missing on Brian Balaga was big. I thought for ten million that was worth it for Balaga. Well, that definitely shores up the tackle position. Yeah, I would have <laughs> definitely paid Balaga ten million a year for two years, three. You, anybody who got a three year deal, you can get out of it after two. That's just how the league works. So yeah, give him a three year deal, whatever, make all the guarantees in the first two years and move on. So no, I thought that was a <clears throat> excuse me, I thought that was a bit of a, a mistake. But maybe it could get better. Gotta hit the draft hard. I like your optimism. I gotta be, man. I'm selling hope. I can't just be in the subscription-based business just being all negative. It's called being honest. Well, that's true. I guess. <laughs> I guess some <laughs> other guys been honest. like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. It was a little longer episode than we yeah, we thought, but we haven't been here in a while, like you said, Chris. It's been a minute. Um, make sure you follow us both up on Twitter because I'm gonna be updating. All you know, I'm not going to be getting no sleep, but at this rate, the Seahawks just love to break stuff when I'm busy. Uh, so make sure you, you're tuning in. Uh, we'll be back. We'll do more free agent episodes. There's still some some uh, work to be sorted out with Clowney, uh, so we got to wait and see what happens there. Anything else, Chris? Nah, thank you guys for love and support. We appreciate you rocking with us. Get ready for another fun 2020 campaign. Until now, uh, 
Until then, I should say, we'll, we'll keep bringing you some new heat when we get the chance. And wash your damn hands. Crowd. Time to your bag and I tell